100.7 FM WHIN 1010 AM presents Sumner County Spotlight, a weekly public affairs program each Sunday at 10 AM. Sumner County Spotlight, exclusively by FNM Bank. 221 Indian Lake Boulevard in Hendersonville. FNM Bank offers personal banking, business banking, and mortgage loans too. Right here in Hendersonville, FNM Bank is one of the top independent banks in Tennessee. Member FDIC, equal housing lender. MMLS number 518158. Here's your host for Sumner County Spotlights, Tony Richards. Good morning and welcome to Sumner County Spotlight this Sunday morning, 10 a.m. and every single Sunday morning right here on WHIN, brought to you by FNM Bank at 221 Indian Lake Boulevard in Hendersonville and also at myfmbank.com. On the phone with me, social distancing, is the executive director of the Sumner County Museum, Ryan Baker. Ryan, good morning. Good morning. Thanks for having me. How are you? I'm doing good today. How about yourself? I'm doing well. Okay, some first simple uh, obvious questions. Is the museum open? <laughs> uh, the museum is open. We are um, operating under limited hours right now. Mm-hmm. It is uh, open on Mondays and Fridays from 9.30 a.m. until 3.45 p.m. Okay. Well, Ryan, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, where you're from, and, and how you ended up being uh, a museum director. Sure. So um, I grew up here in Sumner County. I was born in Hendersonville at the hospital there, Um, lived in Gallatin most of my life. Uh, We moved to Gallatin when I was three, and I made it as far as Murfreesboro for about four years and then came on back home, Um, went to MTSU, and graduated with a degree in tourism studies and Initially, I'd wanted to be a history teacher, but ended up with a degree in tourism. And just about the time I graduated uh, in 2015, I uh, uh, took the job as the executive director of the Sumner County Museum. Oh, well, you know, with all the uh, schooling and everything you did in Tennessee, I was just going to I was going to ask you if you've ever left the state. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, you know, made it to Florida, took some trips out west with the family when I was younger. Yeah, okay. But, you know, you love Tennessee and obviously a history buff. I mean, is that sort of a prerequisite to do what you do? I guess so. You know, I'd always enjoyed history in school. Uh, You know, a lot of people think I know everything there is to know about Gallatin or Sumner County. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the truth is I'm I'm really learning something new every day, things like. Right. Isn't that the best, though? Because you're probably finding out all kinds of stuff, although they, they look at you as the expert, but... What maybe what is something that you didn't know that surprised you when you first took the job? Well, I think uh, one of the biggest surprises uh, that I had was just learning about um, how big the horse racing industry was in Sumner County. Really, well, why don't you tell us about that a little bit? So, if you look at a lot of your different um, homes that are still around that were built in the late 1700s early 1800s like uh you've got fairview and foxland hall and uh kennesaw farms and uh, rosemont and basically uh before the kentucky derby and all that got started the hub for horse racing in the united states was in sumner county uh the first horse race in tennessee was in gallatin in 1804 
mm-hmm. Andrew Jackson would have been there, his wife, Rachel, among other, other notable individuals. But, um, yeah, it, it was happening here. Um, thoroughbred, uh, breeding, racing, uh, it was a pretty big deal. Why do you think that is? Was it the climate? Was it the uh, the grass? What I mean? Well, you know, it kind of was the grass. I was told I can't remember what element it is, but there's something in in Sumner County soil that's more prevalent than just about anywhere else um, in the country. And they said that back in that time, they could even tell horses from Sumner County opposed to those who weren't just because of their build, just from a certain nutrient that's, right. that's in the, the soil here. Why do you think that they don't uh, maybe reference that a lot? I'm not sure a lot of folks that live in Gallatin or the area of Gallatin know about that, just like you didn't. Um, is there, you know, would it be smart to, you know, kind of use that to our advantage since it was sort of the home of that? Well, you know, I think it's just one of those things that over time, uh, has been forgotten and mm-hmm. uh, we have a small exhibit at the museum on the horse racing here uh, definitely doesn't do justice to what the horse racing industry was mm-hmm. um, but do you, you find know, think, uh, uh, do you find more and more artifacts and and details on that or do you think they're up maybe in Kentucky somewhere where people kept all the archives or history of that stuff you know there was a good uh, book written called uh, grasslands uh, by Walter Durham that touches on a lot of the horse racing industry in Sumner County. And um, so there's definitely some ways to find it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just not necessarily on the forefront of people's thoughts and minds. And, Isn't that uh, interesting? In front of them a lot. You know, because a lot of communities will build off of something, you know, everybody's sort of famous for something all communities are. And this is something, like you said, you didn't really know about. I bet a lot of people listening may not have known about it. But you said you do have a small exhibit of it? Yes, sir, we do. And what does it consist of? What, you know, what are some of the well, things? So we've got some old saddles. We've actually got some old, um, actually, Abercrombie uh, skeet targets. We've got a lot of photographs of Fairview, along with the uh, photographs of a lot of the uh, stud horses and mares and um we've got I'm trying to think we've got some fox fox horn and um a lot of pictures but mm-hmm. uh, it's so interesting you know, yeah at, at one point later on in the 19 late 20s early 30s there was actually they tried to revitalize the horse racing industry here and built a, um, it's called the Grassland International Steeplechase. And it was just pretty close to across the street from where Ball State is today. Really? Um, and it was a big collaboration. Um, steeplechasing, they did live pigeon shoots, but they also did English-style fox hunting. Hmm. So on all the uh, farmland behind that uh, was used for, for that. And then, then eventually the, Great Depression, by the time it hit Tennessee in the early 30s, kind of sank that venture. But I see. Uh, there's one remaining structure on Hunt Club, Hunt Club, um, I guess it's Boulevard, mm-hmm. uh, right between Gallatin and Hendersonville. There's a, um, a building there. It's a stone building, a round building that was, I guess, the only uh, structure remaining from that uh, steeplechase. 
So, you know, the museum is is not, you know, obviously just Gallatin. It's all of Sumner County, and, and you've been at it uh, a few years now. And um, so does the museum work with the city on things that are historical in nature, like the building you were mentioning, or things around, uh, in and around Sumner? Uh, so we do have a relationship, of course, with the city and county and other areas around us, but I wouldn't necessarily say that we're, you know, been working particularly on any projects like that together. Mm-hmm. Well, why don't you tell us a little bit about, you know, we've got the, uh, I guess we're back to stage two and there's a mask mandate right now um, for Sumner. Uh, how is that affecting the museum? How are you guys holding up? Well, you know, we uh, a lot of plans had to change for our first and really, really the second quarter of uh, this year. And <clears throat> part of that, generally the museum itself uh, closes in January and February and reopens in March uh, with the big grand opening the first Saturday in April along with uh, most of the other historic sites in Sumner County. And of course, we weren't able to do that this year. Uh, but the museum did open uh, towards the end of May and you know, right now, just the two days a week. Normally, we're open Tuesday through Saturday from 10 to 4. But right now, like I said, just uh, Mondays and Wednesdays. Um, and we are offering basically where you can uh, rent the museum out, but for a really low cost for a group of up to seven individuals. Okay. All right. So um, let's not assume thing. We've had so many new people moving into Sumner County that either a don't know there's a Sumner County uh, Historical Museum or where it is, if there's a, a cost to get in or if you have traveling exhibits, that kind of thing. So could you just let's start from ground zero and tell people where it is. And, uh, you know, you gave the hours and things like that. But uh, is there a cost? And Sure. Uh, so. The museum, we actually own three or really four different properties here in the near the downtown Gallatin area. But the, uh, the original museum uh, is behind Trousdale Place, which is another historic uh, site. And it is just a couple of blocks uh, from downtown Square of Gallatin. Mm-hmm. And we are at $3.50 per person. Uh, under six are free. And... We also own two other properties. One is the uh, known as Historic Stonewall, which was actually one of the museum founders' uh, residents, and he passed away. His name was John Garrett. Uh, if you heard of Garrett Brothers Concrete, yeah. which most people around here have, yes, uh, he he started that business with his father in the fifties, but uh, he passed away. I think it was June of seventeen. He left. Uh, his home, Historic Stonewall, to the museum, and then also purchased the Carriage House, which is the big yellow building right across from Captain D's. Mm -hmm. And the Carriage House and Stonewall sit adjacent to one another. And um, we use Stonewall for uh, events, uh, like museum happenings, but we also um, rent out the home for private parties, events, uh, you know, showers, wedding showers, or reunions, birthday parties, you name it. We we can probably host your event there. So uh, make then, sure uh, you put them on the list for that. <laughs> right. 
And uh, we also own another building in the back, which was actually the um, old Mount old, old County Maintenance Garage. And right now, there's a project underway to um, turn that into a a distillery that would distill uh, whiskey as it would have been um, some time ago, probably like back in the 20s. Oh, that's very cool. It sounds like there's uh, a lot to take care of now than you had before. There's there's definitely a lot. We've got uh, the two carriage house and Stonewall were both built in the 1830s. The maintenance shop was built in the 1920s. And then the current museum we have, was built in in the late 70s. So we've got a good 30,000 square foot of, you know, in interior space to, to maintain. And are, so artif- are artifacts coming in all the time, Ryan, for this kind of thing? Or do people bring you things and you kind of evaluate them and they may be nothing and then they may be an incredible find? Right. And we do. I get contacted weekly. Uh, people... Uh, with different things they want to donate. Now, I'll tell you, I, I do get a call about once a week, uh, someone wanting to know if we're interested in a piano. And I've got more pianos than I can <laughs> than I can keep. I actually need to get rid of one or two myself. So you're telling uh, me so there's nope. a piano exchange business <laughs> available in Gallatin and Hendersonville, right? Uh, there is, but there's no money to be made off of it. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> All right, we're well, talking about... Actually... No, go ahead. <laughs> You probably have to pay somebody to take your piano. Well, you know, they're not easy to move. They're like pool tables. No, thank you. Uh, we're talking with Ryan Baker, Executive Director of Sumner County Historical Museum, and uh, and all of the different properties and all of the different things uh, that they have. And we'll, we'll get into the details about what people can see um, when they visit the museum uh, right after these messages. We're up against our first break. Ryan, we're going to come right back and talk with you a little bit more here on Sumner County Spotlight on WHIN. We'll be back in just a moment. FNM Bank presents Sumner County Spotlights. Since 1906, FNM Bank has been serving Middle Tennessee with first-class products and services. Visit them today at 221 Indian Lake Boulevard in Hendersonville or myfmbank.com. Thanks for joining us here on Sumner County Spotlight this Sunday morning. We are back with our special guest, Ryan Baker, Executive Director of the Sumner County Museum this morning. And, uh, Ryan, there we've talked about the different properties and, and all of the, the areas and, and how much it costs and where you're located and all of that good stuff. Let's talk about the guts. Let's talk about the in, interior and all of the wonderful things that people can see when they visit. I mean, where do you sure, start? Uh, where do you start? Well, basically, the museum's set up pretty much in chronological order from our oldest artifacts uh, towards modern day. Uh, we have a great um, exhibit on the Native Americans that would have been in this area uh, some time ago um, up through the Long Hunter period, and we've got a blacksmithing shop, tinsmithing shop, uh, exhibit on textiles. We've got, I don't know, some 30 or 40 uh, firearms. We've got things on music history and um, all the wars and Sumner County's involvement in those. Well, let's let's stop at the music history for just a second, and we're going to come back to more of the contents. But right now, you're doing a fundraiser that has a whole lot to do with music history in Sumner County, right? That's right. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Sure. So, um, a couple months ago, I guess, uh, what was um, the last of Randy's record shop 
uh, which if you don't know, Randy's record shop back during the 50s was the world's largest mail order record shop. Uh, they were selling some half a million records a year out of this little record shop in Gallatin, Tennessee. And uh, anyways, unfortunately, I know there was a there was an effort to save it, the building, but unfortunately that came up short. Uh, but the m- most recent owners um, offered all the bricks from the building uh, to um, utilize for a fundraiser for the museum. So right now we've got some 500 bricks available. I think we've sold about 50 of them so far. We just started uh, selling those last week, and they come with a collector's box and with a little plaque on them um, with the museum's logo and some stuff about uh, Randy's record shop. So, so if you want to help raise are, some money for the museum, how would they do that? Do they go to your website? Do they give you a call? So we have a couple of different options. Uh, you can come by on any of the times that we're open, uh, purchase your bricks that way, or uh, you can email myself at ryan.baker at sumnercountymuseum.org. But we also do, should be live this afternoon, uh, going on our website, and which is sumnercountymuseum.org. And right there on the homepage, uh, there will be a link to a Google form to fill out. And once you fill out that form, it will give you instructions uh, or another link that goes to our PayPal. And so you can basically go ahead and reserve uh, a brick today and then make arrangements to pick it up at another time. Very cool. And do you know, are they going to have a commemorative plaque out in front and everything? Just Because I know this was an emotional thing for folks, but there wasn't the, unfortunately, the financial support to keep it alive. But Right. So there's actually a historic marker at the original site of Randy's Record Shop. He started on the square. That's right. So um, it's at the original location. Yes, sir. It's, it's right there on uh, North Water and... Um, pretty, I guess East Franklin is where that original site was at. Mm-hmm. And so, okay, so that's a nice fundraiser. If you want to help out the museum, that would be a great way to do it and have a little piece of history as well. So let's. Uh, so you talked about the music history. You were talking about some of the other things in the uh, museum. Uh, what else? Is, what else will folks see? All right. So um, I think so far what I've mentioned is on the main floor and then upstairs. But if you go in our basement, we've got uh, Gallatin's first pump fire engine that actually ran um, up until the 1970s. And uh, that's pretty neat. We've got a couple of uh, Model A, a Model T. Uh, we've got an old uh, 41 Chevrolet and exhibit about the old drive-in movie theater that was here in Gallatin that closed down in the... Nine, late 90s. Uh, we've got some farm equipment, tractors. We've got a hog scalding box and a salt box and just all kinds of different things. You don't Old hear about that every day, a hog scalding box. We all know what that is, but no sense in going into detail. <laughs> right? <laughs> um, okay, That's so uh, Ryan, I know that sometimes uh, in different museums um, there are traveling exhibits. Do you ever have things kind of that are coming through the area that you try to secure? Well, right now, um, this is the 100th anniversary of the women's suffrage. Uh, movement, and we will be receiving a um, 
an exhibit I think coming from the State Museum or the Tennessee Association of Museums on the women's suffrage. And that, I don't have the exact date it'll be here yet, but some, it's supposed to be later this month. So end of July, mm-hmm. we'll have that, which will actually um, will be our theme for our uh, main fundraiser, which is the Candlelight Cemetery Tour that we do on the first Saturday in October. Okay. Cool. What about individual exhibitors that maybe come by that do crafts or do some unique things maybe? Do do they ever uh, stop in as well? Sure. I had a, a gentleman on last week, and every other Wednesday we do a walkthrough Wednesday series with the museum, which is just about a 15-minute video, um, talking about one of the exhibits. And... Um, I had a modern-day blacksmith who came on last week, and I was dressed as a blacksmith would have been in the early 1800s, and he uh, just gave, you know, a little presentation on uh, the importance of the blacksmith and kind of the history there. and Especially know, with the, the horse history that, you know, we, we now know about the county. Right, yep. The horseshoes were a big thing blacksmiths made along with nails. Um, and at that time, anything in your home that was metal, you know, a blacksmith was making. It's amazing. Custom work. It was all custom back right. then, wasn't it? It was. It was. So that's, uh, those are some really neat things that kind of go on. So schools aren't in session right now, I know, but I would assume you have quite a good relationship with the Sumner County schools, and are they, you know, constantly bringing kids, you know, in a normal circumstance. How does that work? We do. We get quite a few uh, field trips every year. Uh, we definitely love to have more. I know it seems past few years they've limited those a little bit, but we do have quite a few groups come through uh, from different elementary schools, middle school, high schools. Um, and we kind of, uh, when we do those, a lot of times we let, we work with Trousdale Place, that's the historic house in front of us, get that building open or that home open so that they can tour uh, the museum and then a historic site, Trousdale Place, and then uh, we finish up with a scavenger hunt in the city cemetery. It's just a couple blocks from us. Oh, that sounds fun. So the the cemetery, is the is the uh, Sumner County Museum sort of know all the history there, or is the cemetery itself do it, or do you work with them? Because it sounds like there's a couple things going on there. Well, yeah, there's a few, and and so this cemetery is actually owned by the city of Gallatin. Um, It is actually recognized as a park, Mm -hmm. and there's a we've got a committee right now that is in place that comprised of myself, uh, some other um, employees, city employees, and then some of our uh, county history folks, and we're uh, trying to help. celebrate but also maintain and improve that cemetery but um yeah there's some there's a few folks here in town that know an awful lot about that i know there were some records at some point years and years ago that burned up so there's some part of the cemetery that's really unsure of what's there and we'll never know huh but uh we've got a our county historian his name's ken thompson and Whenever we, uh, whenever we have our cemetery tour, uh, we usually have about 10 people 
uh, that we portray, and he, he knows where everybody's buried. He knows their history. Um, he doesn't use a map or anything. We just walk out, and he shows me where everybody's at, and we'll kind of set our um, path. Uh-huh. Based off of what's still in his, <laughs> what's in his brain. Right, right. Pretty, well, make sure you take good notes. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So, what about research? Because I know research is kind of a big part of of running a museum. And are people who are ever you know working on papers or dissertations or things like that um, contact you in any way sometimes? M- more folks who are researching their family genealogy, mm-hmm. I would say, or wanting to know about a, an old house or um, things like that. I do have some people reach out uh, concerning, you know, just some different artifacts they're interested in and wanted to know more about. Or um, So, yeah, we, we definitely do. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm assuming some people like think that. you're an expert on everything that's old and uh, probably call you in and go, mm, yeah, I don't know about that. You know, I have to defer a lot of the questions to uh, one, our county historian, among a few others. Uh, and, you know, and that, and that does come with the job. Most people think that I do know everything there is to know about Sumner County history. And mm-hmm. uh, I think, like I said earlier, you know, I'm learning something new every day on Right. There's probably not one person that knows everything. But the good news is if they do come to you, you'll probably know someone who will know. Usually, yeah, I can usually at least get you in the right direction. Yeah, well, that's wonderful. Any other, uh, so are there post-COVID plans here, or uh, are you going to just try to get back on some sort of schedule where you can do your, your big fundraisers and, and get the kids back in there and those kind of things? Oh, for sure. Yeah, we had to push. We were actually launching a new event this year. Um, it was an inaugural event, uh, salute to the saddle that we were hoping would become our uh, main fundraiser and that was scheduled for July 25th so we've reset that for April of next year and we we're also in the middle of a big strategic planning session uh, myself and the board members and um, an outside party out of Nashville and we were preparing to go through and do a feasibility study hoping to launch a capital campaign in the near future mm-hmm. um, to help fund some of the costs for renovations and things like that at some of our older properties. And now that's kind of um, just in a holding pattern for now. So hopefully once we get through all of this and things get back to, to normal, uh, that'll be something coming up real soon for us. That would be nice. Uh, and, you know, we've got to support our, our history. We really do. Um, it's important, and uh, it's good It's good work. So it sounds like you have a pretty good board of directors. Yes, sir, we do. Well, Ryan, we appreciate you taking uh, some time to talk with us today and bring folks up to speed on the Sumner County Museum and what's going on and all the things they could see. And uh, like anything, usually if you're from somewhere, you never go visit there. So I'm going to encourage the residents who've been there forever uh, that haven't gone to do it. Uh, it's like asking an old Hoosier like me, how many times have you been to the Indy 500? I would say zero. Um, and that's not good. So if you're from Sumner and you want to learn a little more, the museum is a wonderful place to do it. Absolutely. Ryan, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us today. And uh, the folks, again, can contact the museum how? Through website and phone number again? 
So the website is SumnerCountyMuseum.org. Our phone number is 615-451-3738. And my personal email address is Ryan.Baker at SumnerCountyMuseum.org. And I would bet that you can't get that kind of uh, knowledge and education for $3.50 anywhere. That's right. All right. Ryan, thanks again for taking the time to talk to us. We're going to return back here with more of the program right after these messages here on Sumner County Spotlight, brought to you by FM Bank at 221 Indian Lake Boulevard in Hendersonville and at myfmbank.com. We'll be right back. FNM Bank presents Sumner County Spotlights. Since 1906, FNM Bank has been serving Middle Tennessee with first-class products and services. Visit them today at 221 Indian Lake Boulevard in Hendersonville or myfmbank.com. Welcome back to Sumner County Spotlight this Sunday morning and every Sunday morning here on WHIN. Brought to you by FNM Bank at 221 Indian Lake Boulevard in Hendersonville and also at myfmbank.com. Our second guest today is the police chief of the Gallatin Police Department, uh, Don Bandy. Don, good morning. How are you? Good morning. How are you guys doing? Doing all right. Thanks for taking the time to chat with us this morning. We haven't talked to you in a while. It's been a while. Yes, sir, it has. Well, you know, a lot's happened probably since we talked. It was certainly before uh, all this stuff happened. Um, just kind of wanted to check in and, and get an update. And, you know, things have changed quite a bit for everybody, and I'm sure you guys as well. Uh, yes, sir. Yes, sir. It's been a uh, been a trying time for, for everybody and, and uh, you know, across across the world, uh, United States, and definitely our, our community. So uh, mm-hmm. it's... Uh, it's something new, and, and we're trying to uh, still adjust to it as it keeps uh, coming at us. So, but I think everybody's really, you know, really trying hard and, and trying to work together about it. Yeah, and I, you know, it's not just the citizenry that has to change their habits. You guys in your department did too, right? Uh, yes, sir. Yes, sir. It uh, it it brought about some things that that uh, usually it's uh, not issues you usually think about, and, and and that you know, and again, it was it was about keeping. You know, keeping our staff safe and and still uh, providing a service to our citizens. So we had to change some, you know, some mindsets, some ways we do things. Uh, you know, and and um, it, you know, I know it was probably some inconvenience for for our community members where, you know, we we're trying to have contact with them outside instead of going into to their homes or maybe their mm-hmm. businesses that you know to try to keep as much social distancing uh, amongst us as possible. Uh, and we did some things here at the office where we, you know we had. Uh, some of our meetings, we uh, we you know, we actually had um, our roll calls in a different location outside where we could uh, you know spread out and, and right. things like that. It was it was um, it was a real change for everybody. Yeah. Well, early on when you guys were responding to calls and stuff, and maybe folks really weren't a hundred percent sure about how contagious all this was and everything. Did anybody come down with it, or before you guys had a chance to protect yourselves? Actually, we, you know, the first, uh, the first, I call it the first round because we all kind of, uh, you know, I think everything got a little lax here re- recently, and right. Uh, but uh, yeah, the first, the first uh, few months, we seemed to, to really, uh, you know, everybody was protected, and and we seemed to to be doing okay. And and I have to say, here the last few weeks have been a little bit more difficult. Where we, you know, as as more people get out, and there's more testing, there's more people that are positive. Uh, which, uh, you know, it, it's one of those things we just have to, um, we got to work through. I mean, sooner or later we've got to do our best to get back to normal. So we've had some, some scares here, uh, you know, at the police department within the city, uh, from mm-hmm. my understanding. And, but everybody seems to be, uh, you know, knock on wood and praise God, everybody's doing well and, and, um, you know, for the most part back to work and healthy. So, yeah, well, that's a good thing. Um, so 
you know, with this thing going on, um, what have you noticed lately? I mean, are there more severe cases and calls coming in or are they people just aren't sure or is it kind of the same and they're just a little more on high alert? <laughs> well, as far are you talking about as far as COVID or, or yeah, just calls yeah. for service? Co- COVID for the moment. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's uh, you know it's it's like you said there there's been more testing than it, than there were at the beginning, so obviously that's going to give uh, you know a lot more results, whether negative or positive, and uh, I think that that's uh, you know it's got a lot of folks uh, you know on edge, and and especially when you're you know we're dealing with uh, you know changing uh, your lifestyle and and a lot of folks in the economy and and your livelihood trying to have businesses and. And you know, uh, provide for your family, and that I think that's brought a lot of concern to folks, and and that still is a concern, obviously, as as some of the you know some of the results here recently have shown that that uh, there's been a spike, uh, but I, you know I I think, and again I'm not a health professional, uh, I, I think that, that you know we're gonna we're gonna probably see that for a while, and hopefully this thing will will uh, slow down, and and uh, as as much as possible we try to get back to to normal, and and I think the sooner the better. Yeah. So uh, are, is the police department always aware of where the testing locations are? I don't want to put you on the spot, but I didn't know if, if it wasn't you guys and you weren't 100% sure where these were. Is there a place that folks can go to find out where they are or, and when they uh, are yeah, that you're the, aware the majority of? There, yeah, the, the majority, uh, you know, the health, local health department, Sumner County Health Department, which is which is over um, um, Albert Galton and North uh, Dobbins Pike there, that area. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they they do it, and I don't know the hours or the dates, but they've been doing it on a regular basis for for a while now, the last two or three months. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, of course, Hal Hendricks is a director, so if you guys have any questions, you'd be uh, you know he'd be uh, glad to try to answer those for you. So I know they're doing testing there, and I think uh, from my understanding, last week or so, just listening to some of the the updates that. Uh, Testing has increased, obviously, so that's put, uh, uh, you know, uh, um, their resources have been stretched stretched a little bit, so that that's making it more difficult. So, I know, you know, again, I know this is something, and more people, you know, people are, are more concerned, so they want to go out and try to get tested. So Right. And I know the Sheriff's Department were, had some masks and stuff they were giving out. Uh, does the Gallatin Police do that on occasion, or is it just you've got to make sure you, your, your uh, officers have enough? Well, and, and and again, it's uh, we we don't you know we don't have a uh, a, a group of uh, a thing of masks that we have been uh, supplied to give out. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if somebody was obviously in, in a in a need in a dire straits, that we would definitely do our best to to help them out with that. And, and if we had something extra, we definitely would provide it for them if they needed it. Yeah. So since this has gone on, um, at least at the beginning, and then through the last three months, I'm assuming traffic and some things have gone down. Has that affected the department in any way? And is there more domestic issues because of it? Or just kind of what is the, has, have you noticed the change in the calls and everything that you guys do? Well, at the at the initial, the first month or two, uh, yeah, definitely everything was down. I mean, you could obviously tell by, by traffic flow and, and volume. Uh, you know, a lot of businesses were closed, obviously, for, for obvious reasons. There was not a lot of people out. Mm-hmm. Uh, that has definitely increased, especially as, as uh, um, you know, things, uh, limitations were removed and restrictions were removed. Uh, I think that uh, people began to, to get out more and, and uh, you know, go back and forth to work and, and what have you. Mm-hmm. So I know that, uh, you know, everything's increased. Our, our crashes have increased and uh, unfortunately, domestic uh, issues have always kind of been steady through all this. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, definitely our traffic flow has increased, and and again that brings accidents and uh, you know things like that. You just have more people, and you're going to have uh, more crashes when they're out on the road. 
Right, exactly. And that's not all you do. I'm assuming when the businesses were closed and stuff, um, and I, I'm just, I don't want it to be a rhetorical question, but I'm assuming you had a little more focus making sure these businesses and everything was secure. Um, you know, you oh, can't just, because yeah, they, be, they can become a, a big target to somebody if people know they're not open. Yeah, and, and obviously that's a, that's a great point. Uh, you know, we still had crime, we still had burglaries and thefts. So, uh, we, you know, we and, and that that never slowed down, to be honest with you. But uh, it, it's uh, uh, it's one of those things. Yeah, you, you do your best to try to keep your eyes on and protect the businesses uh, for their owners. And, and so, mm-hmm. when they do get to come back to work, obviously they have uh, have uh, their supply and demand. So, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, it, it's it's been a different time. It's been a you know again, it's just been. Uh, 2020. I think everybody keeps saying this is 2020. So yeah, it's, yeah. it's been a different year, and, and we uh, don't want to jinx it. I mean, it. yeah, we still got halfway to go. Who knows what else might happen? Yeah, yeah, we still got halfway to go. So, uh, but again, you know, I can't say enough about our folks, our our uh, you know our department, uh, the city employees, and and uh, in general, and the council, the mayor, who've uh, been tremendous through this and and worked with us, and uh, you know our, our community members who uh, have been patient with us, and and. Um, I know it's, you know, I could not imagine some of the folks that, you know, their, their livelihood trying to pay their bills and take care of their families and they don't have their businesses or they can't go to their job. And, uh, you know, we've kept everybody here at the police department working and, and uh, considered them essential because I feel like, you know, we have to provide a service 24-7 regardless, uh, uh, you know, what what's going on in, you know, in the uh, in the outside world. Right. No question about it. So uh, how's uh, the police department doing in general health-wise? I don't mean, I don't mean health, uh, physical health, but just uh, how are you guys doing with equipment and uh, how, how's your team doing and are you still looking for, for more cops? What are you uh, recruiting and, and all that good stuff? How's the department doing? Well, you know, actually, we're uh, we're we're uh, maybe one officer shy right now, and and uh, and that and that's good because there's times we've been a lot, had a lot uh, uh, less, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, we're very proud of that because uh, with this day and age, you know, it's been pretty tough to be a police officer, and and we're excited that folks still want to be a police officer, and uh, it's uh, it's a great profession, and uh, you know, I told an officer this morning, young officer, that. Uh, this is your, you know, this is your opportunity to help folks, and uh, mm-hmm. I think that our um, our department, from uh, top to bottom, uh, I think that's uh, that's their mindset, and that's what's in their heart, and uh, you know, that's what they take the O for. So I'm very proud of that, and uh, for the most part, I think, uh, you know, I feel morale's good, and I feel like that, uh, you know, again, we've we've been provided the resources we need by the city, and um, I think we're doing our very best to provide the, uh, you know, the best service we can for our community members uh, and that's yeah. what it's all about and that's who we serve so right i i unfortunately i'm not sure that all departments across the country feel that way sadly um i hate to you know talk about the elephant in the room but with everything going on if anybody watches the news you'd think the the whole world was coming apart it seems i'm sure that's probably not the case but in the hot spots um you know it's not great and uh you know from an observing standpoint you know, it's interesting. All all professions have bad folks. It happens, um, but that doesn't necessarily mean all of society has the problem. And um, you know, it seems to me, are we immune to that? I mean, I'm sure we're not completely immune to it, but uh, there seems to be a healthy respect from the citizens and and the police department in general. I, I at least I hope there is. Uh, yes, sir. Absolutely, and uh, and I think that goes uh, with what we've done. And, you know, and, and again, it's nothing I've done. I always say we because it's it's our department. Uh, and uh, you know, we tried to build those bridges way back before you really. You know, I always uh, I always say you've got to 
you got to build that relationship before you need it, and, and that's just part of, you know, reaching across the aisle and, and making yourself friendly. Uh, you know, I know some of our folks think I'm corny when I say that, but it, it's the truth, and, and I, they get the point that, you know, we – and I think it's shown during, during this time. I mean, you know, we had um, – we had a protest here in town a month or so ago, and and uh, it was you know it's you know it, it was peaceful uh, to a point, but it was contentious. And, mm-hmm. and but I think because of what we've done, uh, you know, we didn't wait uh, until we needed that relationship to build it. If if you understand what I'm right. saying, so I so, think that, so, that's so what I'm very proud of, and I think this this department can be very proud of that because that's something we've done. We you know we you know we uh, walk the walk, talk the talk as far as trying to uh, uh, go out. And again, provide for our folks and and build those relationships that you know that that are just healthy. That's healthy for our community to to you know succeed. So exactly, and I think you know when you deal with something that's a very emotional or volatile situation, um, sometimes if if people could just take a breather before they react, um, they're you know cooler heads will prevail. More sides, more people will be listening. Both both sides, because that seems to be what's been missing is the listening part. Yeah, and and again, I can I can only speak for you know our department, and I know what we've done to try to, you know, for the whole. Oh my, I've been chief nine years, and and we've have from the get go, done our best to have community meetings with some of the uh, uh, you know outstanding members of our community, uh, you know, from African American to to whatever to to try to make sure we sit down and talk. And I know that I I actually had a meeting back in March with with some of the uh, uh, leaders, and just, you know, I called them up, I said, hey, let's get together and talk, and they're like, well, what about, and I'm like, it doesn't matter, let's just get together and talk, and, and, and that's what you got to do, you got to keep communicating, and we all know that, and sometimes when, uh, that's when things go south, is when we, uh, you know, we get frustrated and, and, and stop communicating, and uh, I hope, uh, you know, uh, it is, I, I know it's going to be a frustrating time across uh, our great country, and um you know, dealing with COVID and, and other things that are going right. on. Right. I mean, and, it's uh, it's kind know. of natural when you get boxed up and you can't go anywhere. You're going to, you know, it's not fun. And then you throw, you know, 95-degree days in here and, you know. Yeah, yeah. And, 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 and um, you know, emotions, obviously, <laughs> they can run high. And, uh, again, like you said, the, the best thing to do is try to, you know, always um, – you know, try to step back and and think before you say something or do something, and and uh, you know, again, you know, just try to. You know, the best thing is is try to communicate before you get to this point, and hopefully right. you can. You know, now you know, are we a perfect department? Absolutely not, but uh, we're you know, we're doing our best. You know, we're doing our best to realize you know what our purpose is and and where we where we you know fit in in all this. You know, we're uh, we're here for for again for the citizens, and that's. That's what law enforcement's all about anyway. Yeah, well, I think it's like you said, as, as long as the relationship between the leadership and the police department and, and whoever, the city leaders, um, if you guys can talk and if something bad happens, you can pick up the phone before things get crazy and say, oh, yep, yep, you know, you've, it's amazing how many times you find yourself on the same page. Absolutely, and, and again, I think that's that's something we've tried to do, you know, and, and, and again, I have to compliment you know again the, the community members and, and some of the leaders of our community because they they've been open armed about it and and sometimes when folks won't listen to us directly they've kind of been the go-between which is you know I, you know i've realized that that's important and i think you know you just gotta you know sometimes you realize your limitations and know that you know got to call on other folks and and you know be humble and, and yeah. uh, you know work together on it so. right exactly we're talking with police chief of the gallatin police department don bandy and don uh, we're going to come back we're done uh, with this break here but we're going to come back and talk a little bit more right after these messages here on sumner county spotlight with our guest today 
FNM Bank presents Sumner County Spotlights. Since 1906, FNM Bank has been serving Middle Tennessee with first-class products and services. Visit them today at 221 Indian Lake Boulevard in Hendersonville or myfmbank.com. And we're continuing now with Sumner County Spotlight, brought to you by F&M Bank in Hendersonville at 221 Indian Lake Boulevard. Speaking with Police Chief of the Gallatin Police Department, Don Bandy. Don, uh, well, let's see, you've had a lot of things change in the last few months and had to adapt and everything. Um, how is that adaptation going? Is uh, anything, you know, that continues or changes, the more it remains the same? What What hasn't changed well, and, and, you know, we talked about it in the, in the previous segment. It's, you know, unfortunately there's going to be crime that happens, and, and uh, you know, we're going to do our very best to, uh, to try to uh, solve those, those uh, crimes. Is crime up or down during all this? Is it, is it kind actually, of the same? Actually, uh, you know, it, it's, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jinx us, but it's actually down. Uh-huh. Uh, we're, we're down quite a bit, uh, mm-hmm. 14% for, for this time frame compared to last year. Uh, and, well, and again, I'm not, I'll you knock know, on again, wood here then. Yeah, we 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 just blew that out of the water. I hope yeah, not. But, yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, and 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 we obviously have seen. I said earlier we've seen an increase in, in traffic volume and, and folks being out. And again, when you do that, you're obviously going to have you know different things happen and crimes happen and uh, traffic crashes happen. So we're you know we're still um, you know it's um, it's I always tell everybody it's that little blue manual that doesn't exist, uh, that mm-hmm. really doesn't exist. We can't find this part in there for what's happening in 2020. So we're, mm-hmm. you know, we're trying to adapt and, and do our best to overcome. So Are people rusty behind the wheel, do you think? I mean, if you just, you know, you from know, not driving. You know, it mean. hasn't, uh, it, it's, it, you know, you, we've had some crashes, but it's not been, you know, and I, again, I don't want to jinx this, but it's not been uh, near as bad as I thought it would. And, and again, our crashes are down, you know, our citat- citations are down, our arrests are down. And, mm-hmm. uh, uh, that, well, that's a know, good thing. Way that, to go, people. Brings. Keep it up. <laughs> yes, keep it up. Well, that tells me there, hey, if we can do this, do this, we can do it through anything. So Yeah, exactly. Uh, but, again, you, you know, like, like I said, you have always have those people that are, you know, they're going to they're gonna commit the crimes, and, and uh, we got to do our be- very best to, uh, to, you know, try to bring them to justice. So. Uh, how many officers on staff now, Don? Do you guys we have, have? Uh, 80, 80, we have 89 positions, and we're uh, at 88, so. Yeah, how does how does that all divide up? You know, from traffic to, um, you know, homicide. Yeah, we and, have, and, of course, we, and that that's not counting. Uh, we don't have a records division and some administration, <clears throat> civilian staff. Right. So, uh, but as far as, as as our folks go, as far as the police officers, we, you know, of course, we have administration, we have uh, criminal investigations, we have a training division. Uh, you know, and um, let's see, we have uh, traffic is is built into that. Uh, where they're out, you know, they're where you see some of the motorcycle officers and some, you know, they work specific uh, areas of, of complaints and things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we have property maintenance, which is is a uh, position we took on a few years ago, and it kind of helps. We work uh, side by side with codes on some smaller issues, which again, it's kind of oh, okay. a broken window theory where you know you're yeah. trying to trying to keep neighborhoods up and, and going and things like that. We have animal control. Um, we have some bicycle officers. That, but it's not all about, about, you know, I, I hope everybody understands, this isn't about just going around beating people up, you know, with, uh, hey, your window's busted, blah, 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 and yelling at people. This is just, you know, hey, just trying to keep the place nice, whatever. It's not like you guys are out, yeah. you know, yeah, writing well, tickets every three minutes. No, no, not at all. And, and again, like I said, it, it's more of those things that we uh, especially with property maintenance, it's you know high grass and 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 gutters that are falling and things that then sometimes there's uh, you know uh, you bring it to people's attention and and uh, it may be a, a you know a, a 
landlord that, that's not aware of it. Right. And, and again, it may be uh, you know elderly person that, that doesn't have anybody to do that. So uh, exactly. you know, there's times we have have to try. You know, we do our best to try to find a solution for the problem instead of making more problems. You know, yeah. and, that, and and again, costing people money. That's not what it's all about. Right. It's about trying to. Uh, you know, trying to find uh, a way to help them so they can get get what they need. And you know, sometimes you you, you know you have to take it and make it a court issue. But our you know our preference is not to do that. And we I, you know we give way 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 a lot more uh, warnings and we issue letters right. out to folks than than rather. You know, it's kind of like, hey, we're going to make you aware of this instead of, uh, here, by the way, yeah, you know, we'd I, like to do that before we have to give a ticket. So I think that's kind of the point I was trying to make, because if they see a letterhead with, you know, a badge on it, they're going to freak out. Or if they see a, a cop car pulling up, it doesn't necessarily mean something bad's happening. You're just trying to help out. Yeah, exactly. And, and it's, you know, trying to find out, you know, what, what can we do to solve this problem and, mm-hmm. instead of... Uh, you know, again, and it goes that way for for anything. We would rather much, uh, you know, find a way to help someone rather than take them to jail, write them a ticket. You know, well, I can't and, uh, tell you how many times I've all. seen an officer changing a flat for maybe an older person or in the pouring rain or a mom with a bunch of kids in the car. Hey, you know, who's out there doing it? It's you guys. I've seen it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and again, that that's uh, that's our mind. You know, that's, that's law enforcement in general's mindset. They're there to help. They're not there to, uh, you know, and we, we had a... a a community event a few weeks ago, and they had some uh, gentlemen talking to uh, uh, some young men about, you know, how, how to react when you're stopped by the police. And, and and one of the one of the points was was he's he retired uh, federal agent. And he said, "Hey, look, they, the officers just want to go home to their family, like you want to go home to your family." And yeah, uh, you know, again, like you said earlier, there's bad apples that that go way above that and went beyond that. And they'll be dealt with, but it, it exactly. doesn't. It doesn't. You know, you can't just throw that that general net on all of us and call us all bad because uh, you know they got families and and uh, you know again they they took the oath and, and raised that hand and put that badge on to help folks. And at the end of the day, that's what we're there for. We're not there to you know to hurt them. And then again, when you know some folks react different ways, they don't want to go to jail, they panic, and and then you know then you have things like you know terrible things happen. And, and, right. Uh, but, well, you know, and, and, and everybody, and we uh, officers, it's, everybody's got a camera. You know, so just because you yeah, see it, oh, absolutely. just because you see it doesn't mean, you know, it can't be manipulated to make it look worse than it is or whatever. Yeah. And, and we have, uh, you know, and again, uh, we, we have body cameras and we have in-car cameras and we were one of the first agencies, uh, you know, in the middle Tennessee area to, uh, or Tennessee in general, I guess, to, to do the body cameras. We did that back, I think 2015. And, and I realized that it was important you know, to to uh, to be transparent, and that's that's mm-hmm. one of the things that we have really tried. And, and I, you know, I commend our community leaders for for working with me and, and understanding it because they'll call you and um, and they'll say, "Hey, can I come in and uh, take a look at that?" Absolutely, let's look at right. it. Let's sit down. And, right. and if we did something wrong, we're going to deal with it. But if right. not, a lot of times, uh, you know, they they have some folks that say some things that are not true, and thank goodness we have a camera to show that that's that's accurate. Well, and I think that's what I meant earlier in the first half of the uh, segment when we were talking about the relationship. Where look, before everybody flies off the handle, just pick up the phone and call me, and let's, you know, you have not you you don't have anything to hide. No, absolutely, and and uh, that's you know that's one of the things I do when I when I go out and do a community events. I I would rather you call me the next day. Or, or you know, what make an appointment to come see me than than to argue or don't let it fester. Will, yeah, don't, know, don't let it fester. On the, on the, yeah, on the, yeah, on the side of the road. That's the worst place in the world to do it because officer's trying to you to he he has a contact he's initiated and he's trying to end that contact and go on his way and mm-hmm. uh, you know some people you know just don't seem to to 
agree with that, and and it's okay. That's okay because because if you feel like you've been wrong, I I beg you to call my office and and uh, you know we yeah. you know if, you, if you'll do it right away, we're gonna have we're gonna have body camera, we're probably gonna have in car camera, and we're gonna sit down and watch it together, and, and yeah. that's what I'd rather do. You yeah, know, so. very smart. Um, so I know it's probably impacted other communities, um, particularly larger metropolitan areas. Uh, the recruitment thing, and um, you know, has uh, you know, it doesn't sound like it's affected Gallatin Police Department a whole lot. But I would imagine, you know, when you see stuff like that, it's it's got to hurt you just to think, God, you know, these this is a great profession. I wish people would consider it. Is it has it affected it at all? Well, and, and I think in general, I think obviously, you know, and and you know, you can see across uh, across the the country that that. Uh, Especially uh, larger cities, they've had a, had a big impact on on you know the whole defund the police argument and uh, that type of stuff. So I know that it's got to hurt morale. I mean, they're you know they're human and and uh, you know again they they've signed up to do a uh, you know sometimes I call it a thankless job that you know that um, that you know you can never yeah, sometimes do right. But I totally but, uh, uh, totally understand. Uh, and and uh, you know so I I know it's got it's got to have its toll on it. I mean I hear you know just just from Metro Nashville that that. You know they're losing a lot of folks, and and, and you know again I you know I hate that because they they've got a great department down there, and they've always been very very supportive of us. Uh, but you know again I, I want to brag on our community, and I keep doing that 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 you know for the most part the the out outreach and outpour of, of support from our members of our community has just been tremendous. Uh, you know whether I'm you know uh, going into a store or, or at the ball field or whatever it might be, I just you know you hear a lot of, of hey you guys are doing a great job and and uh, again it's it's us not me uh, it's one of those things mm-hmm. so uh, I, I'm you know just we're very blessed to have this community and and this this you know like you say Sumner County and Tennessee in general and um, but uh, you know I, I do feel for those officers that that are you know again they're being labeled in one big lump sum because uh, there's some bad apples and uh, yeah. again those bad apples will be dealt with uh, and they mm-hmm. should be but. Yeah. Uh, but again, well, and they're out there. Uh, do that. They're out there every day hearing it. Uh, they're probably hearing both. They're probably hearing the good and they're hearing the bad. But yeah, sure. You know, sure. I don't care who you are. It is unnerving, having had this happen to me before, sitting in traffic and and you get a little crowd coming up, and you know, it's terrifying for everyone in the car. I can tell you that, especially when you have a family in there. Um, sure. You know, I don't sure. know what people are supposed to do. You know, you don't want to hurt anybody, yeah, it, it, but you don't want to hurt uh, anybody by driving yeah, you, off. But on the other hand, you got to, you know, my goodness. Well, and that's uh, that, that's what's what's terrible about it. you got innocent folks that, that, you know, they're just going through a street. They didn't ask for this. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think it's, uh, you know, to me, it, it should not be allowed for them to be in the roadway. I totally uh, agree. I, I don't know why. Why are they allowed to just go into a highway? Well, by the way, which is extremely dangerous for them. Extremely dangerous. Absolutely. I mean, we lost an officer well, I, uh, again, last year yeah. on doing that. Yep, yep. And, and, and you know, again, you, you got to, like you say, your family, you, you firsthand have experienced that. And, and I couldn't, you know, I mean, the terror of, of you know, we're going to make this out of here okay. We're going to make it out of here alive. That's, mm-hmm. uh, you know, to me, you know, you can't, you know, obviously you, you, you got to, you know, be careful what you do. You can't be driving over folks. Right. Uh, but in the same sense, you, you know, you get to a point where you've got to defend, you have a right to defend your life and your family's life. So, mm-hmm. uh, it, well, let's a, just pray that, uh, let's, stressful time. yeah, let's pray that some folks, uh, everybody in Sumner doesn't have to deal with that. I hope it's not, uh, well, I, I hope not. I hope not. I tell you what, if you do find yourself coming up on it, I mean, this is just natural thinking and natural, uh, 
you know, trying to protect yourself or your family, just like you guys probably do when you pull up to a uh, an interesting situation or something like that. I'm kind of looking ahead. I'm going, okay, if this were to get weird, I need to have an escape route here, you know. And I'm certain yeah, it, that that yeah. you guys think of that probably almost on on every call you make, regardless of where it is. Well. It- yeah, and I would suggest that for for all citizens in any type of thing, when you're coming out of a store or whatever, be be aware of your surroundings. And, and again, that's a great point. Uh, you know, have an exit strategy of, mm-hmm. okay, if this goes bad, what am I going to do? Uh, you know, if I rehearse this, yeah. and it's good to rehearse it with your family. You know, and and I know our officers. Uh, you know, we're trained to to try to our best to think about. Uh, you know, uh, if this goes bad, what you know, what do I do? Mm-hmm. And um, mm-hmm. you, you do your best. And you know, you can't predict every situation. And uh, you know, you. You can't go in there thinking everybody's a bad guy, but you also have to make sure that, that things do go bad. You've got to try to protect yourself and, and um, well, again, experience uh, you're dealing with. Experience would show no matter how large the crowd is, it's usually just a handful, uh, it seems to me anyway, oh, yeah. that, that cause it. And then the, whole, then the whole group that might be peacefully protesting gets labeled, and that's not fair either. So. Yeah. No, it's not. It's not because there have been, you know, I know in Sumner County there have been several uh, peaceful protests and walks and things mm-hmm. like that. And um, you know, I think you know it, it's it, it's healthy for everybody. Again, it's your way of expressing yourself. Uh, you know, again, but you know, I, I have a big problem with when you get into the roadway and and that type yeah. of stuff, and that causes. You know, because they're citizens, again, trying to get home, and, and uh, how do I react when, when 10 people jump on top of my car? And, yeah. you know, it, it's, a, it's a very scary thing. And that's why I think that, you know, there's ways uh, we could do this besides, you know, letting everybody take it over the whole road. So. Right, exactly. Um, well, there are some, uh, some good things happening. Uh, you guys have a fundraiser. Uh, you've, you've got your, uh, your big event coming up uh, here pretty soon as we get ready to close out this segment. I'd want to give you a chance to talk a little bit about Shop with a Cop, so... Yeah, it's uh, you know it's it's one of those things we do every year in December, and we usually go to Walmart. Hopefully, um, you know we'll be able to do that again this year because of uh, you know, hopefully COVID will will be uh, uh, long gone by then, or at least to the point where we can all get out and uh, and live you know live the best way we can in our lives. And uh, but we're having a golf tournament in August, and and of course mm-hmm. I'm going to forget the date, but if you're interested in that, you can call our police department at four five two one three one three and ask for Kay Gregory. Uh, she will. Uh, she's taking uh, teams and taking donations, and we have a golf tournament out at uh, you know, Fairview uh, Plantation. And uh, you know, again, it's it's uh, been supposed to be a big years, fun day and, and, and uh, good way to make money, and and then the shop with the cop thing as well. Oh yeah, and, and again, we you know when you you know, and I, even if you can't come down, I encourage you when we do uh, do the the shopping event in December that you come out and uh, help us out and take a kid shopping. Uh, it, it, uh, do your heart good. All right. Well, thank you, Don Bandy, uh, Gallatin Police Chief. We sure appreciate you spending some time with us this morning. It was great to catch up again. Yes, sir. Thank you. All right. Keep up the good work, and uh, we appreciate you protecting the community. No question about it. All right. Take care. Thank okay, you. you too. And that is uh, Don Bandy, Police Chief for the Gallatin Police Department. Always great to talk to our first responders. And that's going to wrap up our show for this week here on Sumner County Spotlight, brought to you by FM Bank. We'll talk to you next Sunday morning at 10 a.m. right here on WHIN. Have a great week. Sumner County Spotlight has been brought to you exclusively by FNM Bank, 221 Indian Lake Boulevard in Hendersonville. Whether you need personal banking, banking for your business, or even home mortgages, FNM Bank can provide you with excellent service right here in Sumner County. Visit them today at myfmbank.com. Sumner County Spotlight will return next Sunday at 10 a.m. Thanks for listening.